Today, we're discussing three ministries of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, the Holy Spirit who is with you shall also be in you. That occurs when we're born again. But just before Jesus left, he introduced a third ministry of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. He comes upon you for power. These other ones are for life, but God is the author of our life and the author of the power he wants to give to us. Let's go to the word of God today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. And we are taking up a week on the Holy Spirit. This is called Life and Power. In fact, the book I'm offering is Life and Power and really covering the two major areas we're discovering. And that is life comes when we invite Jesus Christ into our life, the new birth. And power comes into our life when we invite the Holy Spirit to come. We receive Jesus and later we receive the Holy Spirit. We talked about it yesterday when we mentioned the fact that only a believer can ask for the Holy Spirit. Only a Christian can ask for the Holy Spirit. The world can't do this. In fact, it said the world can't receive this gift, this Holy Spirit, but he, they can receive Jesus. Now, when they receive Jesus, yes, the Holy Spirit comes with him to give us life, but that's his ministry doing, doing that because we've invited Jesus into our life. But then there's a separate act of asking the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, and that's when power comes into our life to operate in the miraculous. You should receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And we're going to discuss that today. Here in John chapter 14, let's take a look at verses 16 and 17. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. In speaking of what was going to come, he speaks right now of what they have and then what's going to come in a very quick, short amount of time. First of all, it says the Holy Spirit dwells with you. This is an Old Testament ministry of the Holy Spirit that still exists today. The Holy Spirit was with them and the Holy Spirit's with us. The moment we're born again, the Holy Spirit is with us and he's with us at salvation. Hebrews 13, five said, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the Holy Spirit with us. It's a holdover of the Old Testament ministry under the title, Jehovah Shammah. And Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is with us. The Holy Spirit will always be with us from the time we are born again until we get to heaven. The Holy Spirit will always be with us. John 14, 16, the Father will give you the Holy Spirit and he will abide, remain, be with you forever. And in Matthew 28 and verse 20, Jesus said, behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. The second ministry comes not from the Holy Spirit. And this one is found only in the New Testament. Once we get born again, the Holy Spirit in us. That's the second ministry. And it's coming here as Jesus talked about it. And that's the Holy Spirit in us. In John chapter four, verses 13 and 14, the Holy Spirit is in us for everlasting life, something they did not have in the Old Testament. Whenever they were saved in the Old Testament, this eternal life was not given to them. Although they will live eternally, they went first of all to a compartment under the earth because they were not truly born again. They did not have the Holy Spirit living in them. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will live in you. Why was this so radical? It didn't sound radical to us. We know the 
the Holy Spirit's in us, but for them, it had never happened. The Holy Spirit lived in a tabernacle twice, in a temple twice, and was living in the temple at the time Jesus told his disciples this, the Holy Spirit will soon be in you. Now that had to mean it was soon because these Jews weren't gonna die. I mean, at that time, at that time they, they would be alive when this happened. They would live out their life, but during their lifetime, the Holy Spirit was gonna move into them, and this occurred on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit moved out of the temp temple, moved out of the Holy of Holies and moved into them. And now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. John chapter four, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said to the woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I will give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is simply telling her prophetically what's going to happen when he's raised from the dead and the day of Pentecost occurs. So he's in us for the assurance of salvation. John, 1 John 4, 13 says, we know that we dwell with him and he is in us because he's given us his spirit. So the Holy Spirit in us is the anointing. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 says that when the Holy Spirit's in you, the anointing which you have received him from him, that's Jesus, abides in you. The Holy Spirit makes our body his brand new temple. I like to think of it this way. The Holy Spirit was in that temple. It was probably one of the most beautiful buildings on earth. And Herod had it, you know, remodeled and everything and made it one of the uh, eight wonders at that time of the ancient world. And so what a gorgeous building it was. But in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, now we find Paul telling the Corinthians, don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, which you have from God and you are not your own. Wow. The Holy Spirit must, must have moved out and the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. That wasn't to let us in. It was to let the Holy Spirit out. And in a matter of 50 days, he was inside of those people in the upper room. And the moment he moved into their bodies, he went, ah, I'm at home. I wasn't at home all that time. I'm now in a temple, not made with hands, made by God. And he would rather be in us than inside the most beautiful building made out of, of stones and all those other things, the most beautiful building in the world. No, you can take the most beautiful building man has built and the Holy Spirit says, I don't like it. I'll be there if I have to. I'd rather move into a building that God has made. And he moved inside of us. Not only did Bob get formed in my mother's womb, I was reformed by the power of God when I got born again and the Holy Spirit loved to move in inside of me. Why? Because now I was a temple fit for the Holy Spirit to live in. Acts chapter one and verse eight now tells us of a third ministry. In fact, I think it's interesting. Jesus didn't tell his disciples about this third ministry until the time he was ready to leave. In Acts 1.8, Jesus is now telling them, go to the upper room. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit in his power. And in Acts 1.8, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice this, we have a third one, not mentioned in Jesus' ministry, but just before he goes, he could tell him about a brand new ministry. This is the invitation we give to the Holy Spirit to come upon us. This is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. The world cannot do this. They can do the other one by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit will be with them and in them, but he's not upon them yet, because this is an invitation we make to the Holy Spirit to come upon upon us. Holy Spirit, I now receive you just like I received Jesus a year ago, a few months ago, a few days ago, or 10 minutes ago. 
He comes after the fact we're born again. And in Acts 1.8, he tells his disciples to go to the upper room. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When he comes upon us, we are given a divine supernatural language and we begin to speak with tongues. It aids our spiritual growth gives revelation of the word of God, brings spiritual rest, brings spiritual refreshment, helps us to do what we have never done before and teaches us how to pray, helps us when we don't know how to pray and reveals things to come, brings sensitivity to the will of God, edifies, builds us up on our faith and prepares us to be used in the spiritual gifts. Wow. All of that comes by simply inviting the Holy Spirit into our life. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. Those in the upper room were already saved. Already the Holy Spirit was with them, now had moved into them. And now on that day, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And we find in Acts chapter two, as they were praying, the Holy Spirit came upon them and like fire came upon them. They began to speak with other tongues and magnify God, went down into the streets, speaking in tongues, and the and sinners couldn't believe it. And out of that, Peter preached a sermon he had never preached before. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days, he'll pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. We are a living example of that right now. We are being moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he as he preached the sermon that day, 3,000 Jews, the, some of the most difficult to get saved, religious Jews out of every nation under heaven were saved by a Jew who was a fisherman and had followed Jesus for three years. And they couldn't, they said, aren't these uneducated men? And listen to the languages. They're speaking in fluent and they named all the languages of the nations they were from, Parthians, Medes, uh, Elamites. I mean, they went down the list of all from different places. And they said, we do hear them speak in our tongues. And the Greek word there is dialects, dialecto. Di not only do we hear them speak in our language, they speak the dialects of the areas we are from. That's how accurate they, then they said, well, these men must be drunk on wine. And then they came to realization, you don't do this when you're drunk on wine. This has to be the Holy Spirit. And this is what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them. He had been with them since the Old Testament. He came to live in them from the time they were born again. And now he's come upon them for power. So he's with us for the fact we have a comforter. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. The comforter was the same as the comforter of the Old Testament. And we have one ministry of the Holy Spirit that's been here since the Old Testament. But the next thing he came to live in them and he moved into us for life. The life of God moved into us and literally moved inside of us and his life now permeates us. This all happened at the new birth. But in this case, 50 days later, in our case, it can be an hour later, 10 minutes later, or immediately right after. But after we have invited Jesus into our life, we invite the Holy Spirit in and he comes upon us. And when he comes upon us, it's for power. And there is a manifestation when we're born again, there's no particular manifestation. I heard a man actually say one time, he said, he said, I'll be honest with you. The great manifestation happened when I was filled with the spirit. Man, was there a manifestation? But when I got born again, I had a headache before I received Jesus. I had a headache after I received Jesus. Nothing guarantees you that the moment we receive Jesus, all your sicknesses will go. But the God wants to anoint you with a power to lay hands on the sick. Believe it for yourself. And this is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is when Jesus begins 
began to operate himself in signs and wonders and miracles. Oh, he was already in God's family. He was already a child of God from the time he was born. He never had to accept God. He never had to accept uh, salvation. He was already saved. He was born without the nature of the flesh and he was born free from sin. And so he had no need to be saved, but he still had a need to be uh filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit come upon him. And this occurred in the River Jordan. So Jesus was simply pointing out, it's had to happen to me. And I was basically born saved. You guys have become saved. If I needed it, you need it. And he said, this is where you begin to move into the power of God and you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. You know, I'm not going to get a whole lot of time in this particular lesson to get into the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I can tell you, it's power to fulfill the greatest thing God has given you, salvation and the saving of souls. The number one reason why God has left us here is to see people saved. It's not to get our governments in line or other things. Listen, that's fine. Get involved in government and do great things. But listen, our deliverance is going to come from the Lord eventually, not from government. But the point comes back to this. It's to help us win souls, supernatural signs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Spirit to help us to win souls. We'll get more into this when we come back from halftime. See you after the break. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain His ministry, and how the world was changed when He came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. At the dawn of the church age, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and power to his followers. From Pentecost, they were led by His Spirit to blaze a trail through the hazardous maze of pagan cultures and religious legalism. Like wildfire, the gospel spread through the known world, bringing salvation to a whole generation and triumph and trial to the church. In a New Testament commentary on Acts, Bob Yannian explores the exploits of those sent to uproot the binding vines of religion and philosophy and to sow the kingdom of God. Through evaluations of early congregations and detailed descriptions of their cities, Pastor Bob walks us through the exciting, perilous adventure of the early church. Order a New Testament commentary on Acts at bobbyendian.com. The Holy Spirit first came upon Jesus, and then He came on us. And it came on us in the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And so that's the same thing with us. 
is that we receive Jesus first and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us at that time. But there is a ministry of the Holy Spirit of which we invite him into our life. And we're told in Acts chapter two, we're told in Acts chapter four, Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. In each one of those cases, they receive the Holy Spirit after they received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit came upon them for the same reason he came on Jesus in Acts chapter two. He came on him in the upper room and uh, Peter walked out and preached that tremendous sermon. And at the end of that sermon, 3,000 Jews that, you know, received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I, there was tons of them in the street, but out of that gigantic group of people, 3,000 were added to the church that day. Later on, 5,000 were added. And you know how it was all done? By signs and wonders and miracles. Those uh, that occurred because the Holy Spirit came upon them. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. And that's the main reason why he's given. It's not so that Christians can get together and lay hands on each other and see each other healed. That's a sub reason, okay? And that's fine. In fact, we're told in James chapter four, is there any sick on you? Let them call for the elders of the church, lay hands on them. So it's all right for Christians to lay hands on Christians and see them healed. But the main reason why all that's given is to heal sinners. And Jesus healed sinners by the droves. And then many of them, it says, received him as savior. And so this is the purpose of it. Jesus won most of his individual cases by the word of knowledge. He told Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under a tree. And Nathaniel said, you must be the Messiah and received him as Lord and Savior. He told the woman at the well, you've been, uh, you've been living with a number of men. In fact, five of them you've had as uh, your, as your uh, boyfriends. You've had five you've had sex with, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, you must be a prophet, and she received him as Savior. You see, those gifts have been given up. That's word of knowledge, but you know what? You can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They don't have to be saved to be healed. They can get healed, and that will drive them to being saved. That's why Jesus healed multitudes, and at the end of healing multitudes, it says, and many of them believed on him. That means many others did not believe on him. So he healed them as sinners and they saw that and said, this guy, he can heal this disease. They never stopped to think about it. The disease is temporary, but Jesus can heal me from eternal sins and, and I'll get to go to heaven, be with him, have eternal life. And that's why we use signs and wonders in our life. They are not the end result. In fact, when the disciples came back after casting out devils, they were rejoicing because they could cast out devils. They said, we've never seen anything like this. And Jesus said, stop for just a minute. Don't rejoice because the devils are subject to you. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That is eternal. This is temporary. God will use a temporary miracle to bring an eternal miracle into somebody of the new birth. This is why he's given it to you. The number one use of the gifts of the spirit is on sinners. And we don't often stop to think. I mean, there's a woman in, in Walmart one day, I was standing in line there and she did not look happy. And, and I said, what's wrong? She said, my daughter is sick, she's in the hospital. They don't know what's wrong with her, but she's not getting any better. She's getting worse. I said, give me your hand. I believe in divine healing. And so she, she gave me her hand. She just looked at me and I gave her, she gave me her hand and I prayed and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, that daughter is healed. And I said to the woman, I believe your daughter is healed. I said, I may not ever see you again, but you know what? If this is true and you find her, I want you to receive the same Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She just nodded to me like this. I'll bet I'll see her in heaven. Because you know what? Jesus did not heal her daughter just to heal her daughter. He healed her daughter to help them understand we couldn't heal her. 
Man can't heal her. The doctors couldn't heal her. Jesus can heal her, but in comparison, that's minor compared to the fact he can give you eternal life. He will perform a minor miracle, temporary miracle in your life to get you to turn to the eternal miracle of going to heaven. Both of them are impossible for us, but both of them are simple for the Lord Jesus Christ if you'll just reach out and receive it. So John chapter one in verse 32 and verse 33, it says, John bore records saying, I saw the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, descending from a heaven like a dove and it remained upon him. Here's that third one Jesus talked about, with you, in you, and now upon you. Jesus had the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon him. And when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Jesus went from there and began to do signs and wonders and miracles. First of all, at the wedding at Cana of Galilee, and after that, he began to heal by the droves. I do not know him. Verse 33, it says, and I did not know him, but he who sent him to me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom, this is John the Baptist speaking, you will see the spirit descending and remaining on him. He is the same who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Just as the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and then remained on him, we have the same thing. This particular operation of the the Holy Spirit coming on people happened occasionally in the Old Testament. And while the Holy Spirit was upon him, they could do great things, but he came off them. We have the Holy Spirit coming and remaining on us as it did on Jesus. It says of that one that you see this happen to, he's the same who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And there we have, here's where it all begins. As there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, and he came up out of the water and started operating in signs and wonders and miracles when the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on him, the same thing is true with us. It can happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but it also can happen to us because we simply receive the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter three and verse 22, the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon Jesus. And listen, the same thing can happen to us. This experience began with the supernatural in Jesus' life and ministry. This experience introduced the supernatural ministry. Jesus began his public ministry at this time, preaching and healing when the Holy Spirit came upon him. The same experiences for us, his disciples. Joel prophesied we would have the Holy Spirit come upon us. And this is the verse that uh, Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost in the streets. Joel chapter two, verse 28 and 29, it will come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is the ending of Jesus' ministry. He's gone to heaven, and now the Holy Spirit's poured out on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And also upon the servants and upon my handmaids in those days, I will pour out of my spirit. This is the verse that Peter quoted in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And I believe Probably Peter had never put this together, but the moment he stood up to preach, the Holy Spirit began to reveal God's word to him and a whole sermon came to him and said, this is the same thing Joel prophesied of. It'll come to pass in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and you're now experiencing it. Now you're going to see our sons and daughters prophesy. You're gonna see the old men have dreams and you're going to have young men see visions. And upon servants and handmaids, notice this up until now, he's talked about your old men, young men, 
sons and daughters, but now we have just common workers, the servants and handmaids upon them in those days. I'll pour out of my spirit. And now we're experiencing that today. There's a revival spreading across our country and people are finding out you don't have to be a minister in the pulpit. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have a doctorate in theology. All you have to do is have Jesus living inside of you and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you also can begin to operate in the same signs and wonders that they did on the day of Pentecost, that they did in Acts chapter 8, when uh, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the healing came uh, to the cities there. And also in Acts chapter 10 in the house of Cornelius, where great signs and wonders occurred. And then in chapter 19 of Acts, where at the upper coast of Ephesus, signs, wonders, miracles happened throughout Ephesus. And a group of men who had just been saved received the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. Jesus prophesied this same experience would come upon us. Look at Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Here we have Jesus talking about this and it says, Behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. This is clothed upon with power from above. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the supernatural. He said, he's with you, shall be in you. But just before Jesus left, the day he was gonna leave, he said, now there's another one I've reserved till the last. And you go to the upper room and you're going to have the Holy Spirit come upon you just like he came upon me. I came up out of the water. I was baptized in the water and the Holy Spirit descended on me. You're going to go and be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come upon you. And in Acts chapter 2, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with other tongues. Something that had not happened in Jesus' ministry or before, we have a sign attached to being filled with the Holy Spirit that they'd never had in the Old Testament, never had in Jesus' day, but started on the day of Pentecost, and that is speaking with tongues. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues like a fire, and it said, upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How incredible this is. You know, we're told in Acts chapter 10, the same thing happened. And, and with everything that happened in on the day of Pentecost, one thing continued on. They spoke with tongues. There was no more sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. No more it filled the house where they were. But one thing occurred from that time on, and that was they spoke with tongues. In Acts chapter 10 in the house of Cornelius, all they heard them do was speak with tongues and magnify God. What happened to the other signs? The other signs came as the Holy Spirit descended on the day of Pentecost. When he hit the atmosphere, there was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and then fire appeared over their head, and they spoke with tongues. Those other ones did not occur from that day on. Why? Because he's been given. He didn't go back to heaven and comes back each time. He is now with us here, but one remains and remained every single time. Acts 2, Acts 10, they spoke with tongues. Acts 19 tells us that when Paul came to the upper coast of Ephesus in verses five and six, when the multitude of disciples heard this, in fact, Jesus started with a smaller one, it spread from that time on, but he found six of them. And when they heard this, the six that were there, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The Holy Spirit in us gives us life 
but the Holy Spirit on us gives us power. The Holy Spirit in us gives us salvation, but the Holy Spirit on us sets us up for service. The Holy Spirit in us blesses us, but the Holy Spirit on us blesses others. The Holy Spirit in us is for heaven, on us for earth, in us for eternity, on us for time, in us for relationship with God, on us for ministry toward God and with God, in us for the fruit of the Holy Spirit and on us for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Why not as soon as I say goodbye, just open yourself up and say, Father, I now receive the Holy Spirit. I am born again, I'm prepared, and now fill me with your Holy Spirit and you can begin to operate in the supernatural yourself. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.